Okay, so what are we going to discuss today? Well, if you're paying attention to the news, there are several things going on. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, this is a big story. And then, of course, the Democrats have just decided to spend trillions and trillions and trillions, for fear of sounding like Donald Trump, of your grandchildren's money, which has yet to be earned, printed, or, well, born for most of us. So that's where we're at. And then there's some updates on my book. And then the prepping segment, while I'm, I'm not trying to put the prepping stuff on the back burner, please don't think that, but we're right in the heat of deer season and the, the, all this legal stuff is going on. So the prepping stuff, we're going we're gonna to discuss a little bit about a little bit about that right there and just have a little fun with it. And also, I'm going to tell you about what happened to me this weekend while I was sitting out in the woods. It was rather interesting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're tuning in. I am your host, Matthew Sheets, and I am the Oklahoma Prepper. Thank you for tuning in, and let's jump right into it. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Oklahoma Prepper. Okay, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, what happened here? Uh, at the time, this young man was 17 years old. He went to a town that his father lived in where he grew up partially. But the fact that he didn't live there was not relevant. He was a lifeguard in that community. Um, he went with his AR-15, and he went to provide aid and to defend a town in which he had very, very close ties. He shot and killed two people and shot and wounded a third. Um, the two people he killed, one was, a, they were both attacking him. Uh, both of them intended to do harm, and the third the one that he wounded was the prosecutor's star witness. And while he was on the stand, he admitted to pointing a gun at this young man's head while running at him. Now, I have never had to shoot somebody, and I, I hope it stays that way. But if somebody is running at me with a gun pointed at my head, I am going to draw my sidearm, and I am going to shoot them if I don't already have it out for whatever reason. This young man acted in self-defense. So the prosecutor got in trouble multiple times for the shenanigans that he was pulling. And quite frankly, it looked like they were going to declare a mistrial because the prosecutor withheld evidence from the defense. He didn't turn everything over as he was supposed to. Um... But the defense did his job and argued his case even with that. The jury stepped out, and they spent three days. That's three days, 36 hours. Wait, more than that. 24, 48. Oh, okay. Okay, 52 hours. 62. Whatever. I can't do math. I'm tired. It's been a very long weekend, and I'll get into that here in just a little bit. But... They spent three days in deliberations before they came back, and he was acquitted 
of all charges. In fact, the gun charge, the the prosecutor put on him, the judge dismissed because according to Wisconsin law, at 17, they're allowed to own a long arm. So there was no crime committed in that right there. The prosecutor did not know what he was doing in in that situation. And these other ones where he was trying to show murder, well, maybe this guy needs to go back to law school because even I know what murder is. That's when you intend to set out to do it. Um, I have sent myself via email multiple news articles and I am going to try to put links to these articles in the show notes so that you can go look and see what I was reading. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and go through them. There is a ton of articles here. I have no idea how many I'm going to be able to get in the show notes. But I am going to get as many as I possibly can. Um, but what happened after? That's... That's the, that's the real story behind this, okay? The fact that Kyle Rittenhouse is declared innocent is exactly as it should have been. He is innocent. He, he didn't go there to do any harm. He went there to help his friends, to help his family, to help people he grew up with and around. That is a very honorable thing. But, you know have these charges brought against him this is the prosecutor trying to make something political and that's exactly what they've been able to do they've been able to make this political this is kind of like that cop that shot george floyd they made the case political that time and i don't agree with the verdict but i'm not going to protest the verdict okay I don't think that cop should have been declared guilty of murder because I don't think that's what he did. But his jury decided it was murder. Who am I to argue with a jury? Um, whether I agree with it or not, that's that's how the system works. In this case, I agree with the verdict, but even if I didn't, this is what the verdict declared, or what the jury declared their verdict was. And the court stood by that that is exactly how it is supposed to be so what's happened since then well the very first the very beginning biden come out and said the jury has spoken and then his handlers got along with him and they gave him his medications and now he's all upset that rittenhouse was innocent the doj the doj doj the dog well, okay, I guess in this case it's kind of accurate. The DOJ, the Department of Justice, is now wanting to go after Kyle Rittenhouse over this right here and bring federal charges. Now, I'm not an attorney. Look, I'm an iron worker and I'm a redneck. Okay, I'll readily admit to that. But that seems to me like it's double jeopardy, and that's protected by the Constitution. He's already been acquitted to these charges. I don't see how they can bring these charges back up and start going after him, even if they reword it somehow. Uh, this young man's legal representation, I read an article that he is actually not using his phone. He got a hold of this news reporter, and I'll put show no I'll put the I'll try to get the links to this article in the show notes too. And he he's getting nothing but death threats. 
It's absolutely asinine or ridiculous. Uh, protest. Stores are getting looted again. This is what I don't understand, okay? <clears throat> when we conservatives, when we get pissed off, we protest. We hold up our signs. We make our voices loud. But we don't break into stores. We don't set a town on fire. We don't tip over cars. We don't harm people. We don't call cops pigs. We don't do things like that. We'll call out facts like Joe Biden's a moron. And somehow he managed to find a vice president that was even dumber than he is. I'm, I, I, it's been 10 months and I'm still not even sure how that happened. I mean, come on, even goats are smarter than that. Even the ones in Afghanistan. Oops, did I say that out loud? My bad. I actually feel bad for goats in Afghanistan. It's horrible, the conditions they have to live over there. Those poor, poor goats. Anyway, um, yeah, I went there. Yeah, I... Look, if you if you email me, SSLLCBville at Yahoo.com, feel free to tell me that I'm going to hell because at the jokes I make and that I laugh at, you're right. I'm 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 gonna go to hell. There's there's no way I'm not. Okay. I just just accept that. Anyway, uh death threats, protest, store lootings, again. Uh this is this is ridiculous. And they want to call this peaceful protest that is not a peaceful protest okay and then this is what i love it's all about promoting white racism now hold on a second i'm i'm confused like i said i know i'm not very smart um i'm redneck i'm an iron worker but can you explain to me how it's racist or white supremacy when you have a young white man who shot three other white men for looting where they didn't live. And in fact, all three of those men had traveled to an area to commit these crimes, to do these things that they were doing. Kyle Rittenhouse had gone there to help his family, his community, his friends, his loved ones, people he cared about, people he knew, people he had personal relationships with. And these other guys who all of which had lengthy records, traveled there for notorious reasons, to put it mildly. So I actually I actually agree with the decision, but I think it's absolutely asinine. One of one of the worst articles I've read, and I'm just going to read you evidence right here. It says, damn the evidence, convict the white supremacist. And that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this is posted by the Washington Examiner. Go figure, right? It's November 16th, 2021. It posted at 8.24 a.m. by Hugo Gordon, Gurdon, whatever. And, I mean, it's it's sad. This is this is absolutely sad. I mean, people are willing to absolutely just say to hell with you know 
the justice system, what we have in place. Here's another one from The Independent. House Judiciary calls for DOJ to review the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict as a miscarriage of justice. I, I, again, the, ju- the jury spoke. Why is this so hard to understand? Uh, oh, there's the email from where I had to buy more tags. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's attorney says he's receiving all these death threats and he's no longer using his phone. Um, we don't do this. Why, why, why send all these death threats? Why threaten to kill some things, somebody over doing your job? And I don't know how many of these I'll be able to get in the show notes. I've never actually filled it up, but this, this one may actually do it. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, he spoke for the first time. Let me open this up right quick. Uh, I have no idea what this is from, what news source this is from. Uh, he did an exclusive interview after being quit of all charges. I mean, I'm going to put this in the show notes too. This one here I'm going to put up towards the top. Oh, it's M E A W W, whatever that is, dot com. That's where that's at. So I'm going to put this at the very top of the show notes. There we go. And yes, I'm creating the show notes now as I'm doing this. That's that's the clicking you hear. I yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh anyway. So that's where we're at. Uh Democrats and Marxist do not agree. Why do we call it? Look, Mark Levin is somebody I would love to meet, somebody I would love to talk to. And I'm actually holding his book. Okay, I've got it in paperback and I've got the audio book. It's Mark R. Levin, American Marxism. And at the time he wrote the book, I think it was just that. I think it was American Marxism. But at this point, I think it's gone past Marxism and communist is probably a better word and we have our hopeful dictator at the helm right now he's not there yet the question is are we going to allow that to happen and 2022 is going to decide a lot at the midterms so get out go vote don't sit at home don't wait for somebody else to do it um but I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna get as many of these. I got oh god, forty forty some odd emails here from myself, just about the Kyle Rittenhouse case, and I, w- I want you to see what I've been able to see. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's ridiculous, but. To Kyle Rittenhouse, I don't know if him or anybody in his family will see this. Oh, I did see where his family is starting to file defamation lawsuits. And I hope they win. I truly hope this young man makes a billion dollars off of what everybody has said about him publicly and wishing for his death and running his name through the mud. I hope this young man makes a fortune. And I hope him, his children, and his grandchildren never have to 
work a day in their lives and that they can retire and live in peace after all the crap they've done to him. So to, to Mr. Rittenhouse, I wish you luck, sir. I am very glad of the decision. Hold your head high and keep your head down, okay? Don't don't be stupid, okay? You did what you did in self-defense. I'm glad you were there. I'm glad you are able to do it. But don't do anything stupid, okay? Congratulations, sir. And to your family, I wish you all the very best. And in other news, uh, if you've been watching, you know that first part of the infrastructure bill. And you can't, I don't know why I do this. I use the quotation marks with, I'm doing it right now again. <laughs> um, the infrastructure bill. This is absolutely ridiculous, okay? This is uh, one point, let me see, 1.75 trillion build back better social spending bill. Now they're talking about, you know, all the infrastructure spending. But if you look at how much infrastructure money is actually in there, that's boat that's boat money for roads, highways, uh, internet serviceability, things of that nature. It's less than half of that right there. How did they get this passed when we hold 50-50 in the Senate and they hold just barely a majority in Congress? Well, that's why you got me. And yes, this one here is going to be in the show notes too. Um, there have been 13 turncoat Republicans. Now, these are Republicans that, quite frankly, need to be voted out of office. And I mean last week, okay, because they've completely turned their backs on the country, on the United States of America. And they are now serving the socialist agenda that the Biden administration is pushing hard. So who are they? Representative Don Bacon of Nebraska. Representative Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania. Representative Andrew Garbino of New York. Ooh, big surprise. Representative Anthony Gonzalez of Ohio. Representative John Katko of New York. Representative Adam Kitzinger of Illinois. Representative Nicole Melatakost of New York. Representative David McKinley of West Virginia. Representative Tom Reed of New York. Representative Chris Smith of New Jersey. Representative Fred Upton of Michigan. Representative Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey. And this one surprised me. Representative Don Young of Alaska. So why is this such a big deal? Well, on justthenews.com, they released a article, Five Controversial, controversial Policies Tucked Inside the 1.2. And the number on this, 1.2, 1.75, it's actually completely, totally irrelevant because after, after Biden signed this bill and became law, this money is never going to end. Okay, this is inside the infinity amount trillion infrastructure bill. So what is in there? The cryptocurrency tax provision. Um, yeah, they're wanting to tax money that doesn't actually. I, I, I don't know how cryptocurrency works. I've never really looked into it. Um, 
So I, I, I don't know. But they're wanting to tax cryptocurrency. However they plan on doing that, I'm not sure. Uh, the National Motor Vehicle Per Mile User Fee Pilot. Now, I look, even here in Oklahoma, when we first put in the toll roads, they was supposed to be a short-term thing, and it was supposed to last long enough to pay for the roads. It did that. It's done that over and over, and they still refuse to get rid of the tolls. And now, as I've talked about in an earlier show, they are raising those toll prices, and it's absolutely asinine. I, I refuse to get on an interstate. I will not do it. Not in the state of Oklahoma. When I travel somewhere, I will travel the two lanes and the four lane highways. I'll go through the little towns. I'll give that extra money that I would have been giving the state. I'll stop and buy a drink. I'll stop and buy a cheeseburger. I, heck, I may even stop at a secondhand shop, find something. I don't know. Not really relevant. But I would rather give that money to a small business than give it to the state. And yeah, the state pissed me off on that one. Not saying everything the state does pisses me off, but that did. This is a uh, pilot for the mile mileage fees, okay? Uh, this is a vehicle miles traveled system for taxing drivers based on their annual vehicle mileage during, uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, if you drive five miles a year, you won't receive a tax, but if you drive 5,000 or 10,000 or 15,000 miles a year, you're going to be taxed heavily for using the roads. That's what they're wanting to do. Not sure all the details on that. Uh, this also includes a $118 billion bailout for the Highway Trust Fund, uh, currently funded primarily through federal tax, tax dollars on gas and diesel fuel. Shouldn't be a problem right now the way they've raised that up. Funds are set to be transferred from the General Treasury Fund to the Highway Trust Fund. Uh, includes a mandate. Oh, you're going to love this. This bill includes a mandate for a blow-and-go technology. That's right. You don't drink and drive. I don't drink and drive. We follow the laws, but now we are going to be treated as criminals. They want us to blow into our vehicles to show that we're not intoxicated, even though we've never had an issue with drinking and driving? Hey, thanks, feds, for sticking it up our tailpipes once again. Uh, the bill provides select cabinet secretaries with the authority to waive government cost-sharing rules with the private sector and fully funded select infrastructure projects with taxpayer dollars. Do I understand all that? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a legal expert. I never said I was. But there's your 13 turncoat Republicans, and there's five of what they consider to be the most controversial things. I haven't read that bill. That bill, from my understanding, was right around 3,000 pages. I have no idea when I'm going to have time to read that. <coughs> so if you get a chance, if you thumb through it, email me. SSLLCBville at yahoo.com. Email me. Let me know what's in there. Uh, these 
Links to the articles are in the show notes so that you can see, again, what I am looking at. I don't want you to think I'm trying to hide something or mislead you in any way. And these articles that I put up, if you see something that I didn't see or if you don't agree with my take on these documents or on these articles, by all means, please let me know. Let's start a conversation. We'll talk. Okay. Um, I'm doing the best I can. Like I said, I'm not a legal analyst, so I'm, I'm trying, but some of this stuff I understand is pretty straightforward, like the constitution. And then other things they finagle around like Congress and the Senate. So, hey, like I said, if you've got a different take, drop me a line. Let me know. Okay, just a quick side note here. I know I didn't talk about this in the preamble, but I'm going to throw this in there. You've seen inflation going out the roof. Um, they're saying, this is at a federal level, they're saying that inflation's up like 9 10%, something like that. So I actually went to the federalreserve.gov website to see the print orders. You can look that up. That is public information. Links are in the show notes. Look that up. It's www.federalreserve.gov, <clears throat> and you can see how it's up. And I'm going to read directly from the website. The fiscal year 2021 print order of 7.6 to 9.6 billion notes is an increase of 1.7 to 3.8 billion notes, or 30.6 to 65.9% from physical year 2020. <clears throat> now, I am not, I'm not a legal analyst. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I just say that? Okay. I'm not a legal analyst, nor am I a financial analyst, but even I am smart enough to understand you cannot present, you cannot print 30 to 65% more money without inflation being at least equal to. So what does that mean? Seriously, what does this mean? This means that your dollar that was worth a dollar under the Trump administration a year ago is now worth about 40 cents. That's what it absolutely means. They're doing the same thing now to U.S. currency that the Bank of Mexico did to the peso. And, oh, those of us who are old enough to understand that, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s, okay? And, look, I remember when... There, you could you can go to Mexico with a buck, and you could buy a car. It was absolutely ridiculous what the exchange rate was. That is what they are doing now to the U.S. Federal Reserve. That is what they're doing to our money. We got away from the gold system. We got from away from gold and silver, a, a physically backed system, to a fiat system. They, they the fiat system. They say it's worth a dollar, so it's worth a dollar. There's nothing behind it but faith. And since we've gotten away from that, they've been able to do whatever they want to do. And that's where we're at. That's that's what's happening. They are destroying our money. Look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You cannot destroy a country this fast unless it's something you set out to do. So that's that's a side note here in between these segments Take that however you want, but that's where it's at. Okay, hunting. 
this this is what I live for. This is what I'm good at. Hunting, fishing, surviving. Okay, I like staying alive. So that's what I do. Uh, this coming right out of the financial aspect of of what we just discussed there. I, I think I think hunting and prepping and homesteading stuff, whether that be gardening, whether it be foraging, whatever it is you decide to do or how you decide to do it, these things are going to become way more important. And in order to survive, I think most people are going to have to do these things if not to the same extent that I do, uh, at least to some extent. Now, as you know, I've talked about Mark Levin. I listened to his podcast on the political side. I also listened to a really good podcast called Wired to Hunt Podcast. Uh, these guys are, for well, like they're what they would call professional hunters. Uh, they get paid. They get travel around and they get put up in nice places and get to hunt fancy farms and all that whatever i don't care i'm not here to compete with them i'm not gonna try to compete with them i go out and do what i do one of the things they talked about on the most recent show was the difference between a deer hunter and a deer killer now i don't know that i am what people would consider a deer killer but i am definitely more than a deer hunter what is the difference Okay, a deer hunter will go out and they'll do it on their terms when they're comfortable, when they feel good. They don't have a tummy ache. They're all nice and toasty, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's guys like me. I don't care if I see anything. I don't. I I go out there just for the sheer enjoyment. But when I am out there and I get my shot, I know what I'm doing. I don't trophy hunt, Uh, but... That's going to sound like a contradiction here in a second, but I promise you it's not. Every now and then I get an opportunity. In the past three years, I've gotten one opportunity every year. Uh, but most of the deer that I kill, they're meats. In fact, even even these that I'm going to talk about, they're, they're my meats. Okay, I've eaten them, or I'm going to eat them. <clears throat> so don't. Don't get mad at me. I'm not contradicting myself, I promise. Okay. So, a deer killer is somebody that can go out and do it. It doesn't matter if it's zero degrees outside or less, or if it's 70 degrees outside. He knows, she knows, uh, that you can't get your animal, deer, elk, bear, turkey, squirrel, rabbit, whatever. You can't get it from your couch you can't put food on your couch food on your table if you're sitting on the couch you got to get out in the field these people love to be out in the field and i think overall if you ask us the hunt is the best part of it the kill that okay now i'm done now i have to go home this sucks i really enjoyed being out here but whatever Okay, there's a difference. Deer hunters, they'll take it, they'll leave it, they'll find an excuse to get out of it, whatever it is, doesn't matter, yada, yada, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, you get it. They're all, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll do my nails today. Oh, wait, I actually know guys like that. Okay, um, but the rest of us, we're out there. 
morning, evening, next morning, next evening. Look, if I get four or five days off in a row, like I'm get fixing to get for Thanksgiving, do you even realize when I cr- I cry when I come back to town and have to see asphalt. That's when I cry. When I'm out in the woods, that's when I'm the happiest. And look, I get it. Thanksgiving is a time for family, et cetera, et cetera. And if that's your thing, go for it. I love my family, but I'm going to love them from my deer stand because it's gun season. Now, speaking of gun season, uh, it's been a rough year here in northeast Oklahoma. It's been hot. There was days in October I was literally deer hunting in tennis shoes, shorts, and a tank top. Okay? It was 90 degrees outside. I knew. I knew I was not going to see a deer but I went out anyway, just in case. I mean, like I said, you can't get you can't get your game from the couch. You got to get out in the field. And I love being in the woods. And ticks, chiggers, all these other things. Yeah, they're a nuisance. But you know what? It's not really that bad. But it's completely tolerable. But I go out just to be there just honestly the magic is in the morning in the evening the birds cooking up the birds going to bed the squirrels running around playing until they piss me off and i start taking pop shots at them oh yeah that happens it's squirrel season is on right now too so it's not illegal (coughs) so what happened to me well like i said it's been a rough year it has been hot here in northeast oklahoma okay just in the past week or so temperatures have really started cooling off and we finally got our first freeze we had frost not very much but we did have some frost on the windshields the other morning and i was literally crying going down the road on my way to work i'm crying and i am thinking all of the gods that i do not have cellular cameras because i know on my way to work my phone will be going ding 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 for all the little deer that are running around out in the woods that are passing by my stand while i'm at work and yes, I, I there there are times I truly appreciate not having those. There's other times I wish I did, obviously. But that time I was actually glad I didn't. Look, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about my job. I got a good job. I'm fortunate to have what I have. But I I I love hunting. Okay. If I could just figure out how to pay the bills, I would quit my job so I can hunt every day. And even then I'm not sure I would ever get tired of it. So what happened? Uh, Saturday morning, opening day of gun season. I'm out there. I've got my I've got five trail cams set up in a 150 yard stretch. Um, I've gotten lots of good pictures, but most all the pictures that I'm seeing are at night. My dad got a deer a couple weeks ago, uh, and believe it or not, he come out in the daytime. It was the same deer I shot at. The week before, I missed twice the first time. And yes, I use a crossbow. You can, you can send me hate mail if you want. Okay, I I don't care. We're all hunters. We just do it in our own way, and that's fine. 
but my bow misfired on the first shot. And, of course, the deer ran off. Well, dang it. I, I waited a few minutes. I went down. I retrieved my arrow. I went back to my stand. I inspected it. It didn't sustain any damage, fortunately, because arrows are very expensive. I was able to reload it in. I figured out what had gone wrong. I corrected the issue, and I sat. Okay? I, I Bows are quiet. It's not like they're super loud. And I, I waited. Well, lo and behold, 20 minutes later... 20 to 30 minutes later, the same little buck came back to the same spot. And the first time he gave me a broadside shot on the left. This time he gave me a broadside shot on the right. I pulled my bow up, put my crosshairs on them because I use scope. I'm getting old and I'm getting blind. I admit that. And I missed. How did I miss? What the heck happened here? He ran off. So I gave it 15, 20 minutes. I went down. I looked. and I I, I thought I, I didn't know at the time I'd missed. I wasn't sure what had happened because he didn't jump like I hit him. But he didn't stick around like I missed. So I went down, looked, and sure enough, I didn't see any blood. So I went walking down the road. I found that arrow 120 yards down the road, that we, the, the path that I have cut leading to my blind. What in the world? So I went back. I looked. I put the bow back up where it was at, took a good solid look at it, and then it hit me. I knew what I did. I was. I had my bow too far out the window. And when the limb snapped forward, it actually hit the blind, which made my bow jump. And the arrow went high. This time it didn't misfire. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. So I reloaded my bow. I figured, no way he's going to come back after twice. And he didn't. That's that's fine. It ain't no big deal. When it comes to deer, I, I'll kick myself in the butt a little bit. But if I hit everything i shot at i'd never have a good story okay so the next day we go out now i i hunt up on top of the ridge my dad hunts down in the bottom part of it where the ravine is so my dad went out with me saturday morning well friday morning when i was out there the deer came in on top and was heading down low this time he followed the ravine in and he walked right past my dad and my dad said, hello, and the deer said, uh-oh, and the deer went down. <laughs> so kudos to you, Dad. I'm happy for you. I truly am. I, I'm glad he got it. Um, my dad doesn't get the opportunity. He doesn't do a lot of bow hunting. He gets he gets frustrated with bows. He calls it just shooting sticks. But don't put a rifle in his hand. He's pretty damn good with that. Or a shotgun. He's, he's, he's good with his bang sticks. So, yep, that's what happened. He got a deer that weekend. So this last weekend, this weekend, uh, that we're just coming out of, Saturday morning comes up. And like I said, I got my trail cameras out. And I've seen these two bucks walking around together. 
One, I thought, was an eight point. The other one is a little spike book. Well, I looked up. My dad My dad sent me a message. We talked via text while we're out in the field together. He said, spike book, coming up to the road. Now, I sent him a message back. I said, let's wait. Let it go. Let this one walk. See if anything else comes out. And he texts me back. He's like, that's what I'm doing. So we let him walk. Okay. He's spike book. He's small. He's just baby. Let him be. Okay. Let him grow. So I'm sitting there. About 20 minutes later, I seen this other one. And these are the same two deer I've seen on camera traveling together. So I pulled my pulled my gun up. I hunt with my 223 AR. Pulled my gun up, set my sights on them. And I got a 24X zoomable scope on that rifle. And I zoomed in on them. Uh, yep, that's the 8. Because I... Scopes are great, but they don't give you up right in your face. So, I decided I'm not going to pull the trigger. I'm going to let it go with that. And then my gun went off. Actually, my finger went off. Okay, I looked at my finger. I said, what were you doing? At, but the deer was already dead. There was nothing I could do. I gave him his COVID-19 vaccination. Funny story on that later. So, I adopted him and I took him home. Um... When I got him out of the woods, uh, I was taking him back over and I backed my truck down there because I got a pretty good path down to my blind, big enough where I get my vehicle down there. I backed my truck down there and my dad come down and he looked at it and he says, son, I think that's a nine pointer. And I got to looking and he actually had six points on one side and four on the other. I, I didn't notice I didn't notice those two smaller ones, but, uh, he was, he was right. I thought it was a nine pointer as well. So I got them home and I processed all my own deer right here at the house. They're mine, whether it's mine or anybody else's in the family. I do all dad's deer too. So got him here, got him hung, got his head cut off, called the taxidermist up in Copan and took him up there today. Called another guy. And he's not in town, and he told me put it in the freezer, but I don't have room in my freezer for a head. So I wound up just calling and taking it at this other taxidermist who did my eight point a couple of years ago. And like I said, yes, sometimes I get a chance. Most of the time, no. But that rack is not the reason I pulled the trigger. The reason I pulled the trigger is that 45 to 55 pounds of meat I put in my freezer this weekend that's going to feed my family and if you're if you're buying meat you're going to understand that okay so i called the taxidermist and i ran up there to him it's the guy you know taxidermy and copan and he's a detective for the bartersville police department as well as a taxidermist and i'm telling you he does great work i've been really impressed with his jobs um I took it up there and he's sitting there and he's looking at it and he says matt that's not a nine and I said, what are you talking about? He says, it's got another tine right here. And I looked at him. I said, is it, does it even count? And he pulled his tape measure out, and it's 1.25 inches from the center line. He says, according to the way the rules are set up, it's got to be one inch. So I have now officially killed a 10-point buck that I'm going to have on the wall. Uh, and like I said, these trophies are not the reason I hunt. 
but it is kind of cool to get one every now and then. It makes you feel good. But it is it is a 10-point, but it's an oddball 10. It's actually got six on one side and four on the other. So I those oddballs, I, I think they're really cool. So what happened? The funny story on this. When I shot that buck, I always get up, go find my kill. I get when I when I hunt with a bow, I'll give it 30, 45 minutes. Because that's just I that's my thing. I like to do that. When I hunt with a gun, I know my shot. I load my own ammunition. I know what I'm shooting. I know where my gun is shooting. And I'll be the first to say I'm way better with a gun than I am with a bow. I ain't gonna lie to you. Okay, so I went and found him. I tracked him down. I knew where he was at. I confirmed the kill. On my way back to my blind, I'm 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 literally, I'm five foot from my blind. I'm fixing to turn to walk in. I look up, and this bad's on me. I screwed up. I looked up, and there's three does about 15 yards behind my blind, and we stood there just staring at each other. And, of course, I couldn't move because I knew they'd run, which they did. And they were staring at me. I just, I, I couldn't get my gun up. I couldn't do it. I had the tags. That's not the question. That's not the problem. But I could not get my gun up before they would have run off. So there was three does right there behind me on my way back. So Saturday morning, there was five deer that I could have shot it. God, I love the rut. Okay. So came home. Did my thing with my deer. Got it in the refrigerator. Went back out that evening. Yeah, I'm like that. I'm, I'm, I love hunting. I love being out there. Went back out that evening, and I heard, I, I just, I've been handicapping myself. I'm only hunting out of two sides of my blind. Last year, uh, my, me and my wife and my dad, we took seven deer. And by no means did we fill our tags, okay? But it's not like we're being greedy, greedy, okay? But we get enough meat to last us through the year. This year, we've taken two, three, something like that. I don't know. Like I said, it's been a hard year, but things are picking up, so I had to buy some more tags. So Saturday evening, I went back out, and I heard something behind my blind. I didn't open that curtain because I'm trying to give my dad a chance, and I'm you know, trying to save some deer for my wife and my son. So I opened that back blind, and I'll be a daggum if it wasn't right back there where those does were, a really nice size six-point. And, of course, I can't shoot him because I can only shoot one buck with a gun. I didn't have my bow with me because it's gun season. So... I didn't have a choice but to let him walk. So this morning, and I'm recording this on Sunday. This morning, I went back out, and I got there early. And I'm there an hour before the sun comes up. And I, it comes up, and I'm kicked back. I'm relaxed, and I'm chilling. I'm just enjoying the morning, okay? I, I told you, I just love being in the woods. And nothing. I mean, nothing. It was dead quiet. We heard two shots over on the neighbor's place north of us as to whether or not they got them or not. I can't tell you. I don't know who was hunting. I know who owns the property, but I don't know who, who he lets in to hunt. 
I heard two shots. I hope they got their deer. I truly do. But nothing. Not not anything. Had a few squirrel moving around on us. Aggravating the hell out of me is all they were doing. But nothing. Nothing, nothing was moving. I heard crow. Didn't see them. I did see one owl. Other than that, it was just songbirds. No deer. Nothing, nothing big. And in fact, where I field dressed that deer, all that was still there. So the coyotes and the bobcats hadn't even moved through yet. So what is the difference between a deer hunter or a deer killer? Deer hunters, you know, they're picky about the days they go out. Killers, we don't care. We're going to be out there. We don't have to see something move because we know what's going to. We just have to be at the right spot. We got to be there at the right time. And we're willing to put the time in. If you're going to deer hunt, you have to put that time in. Okay. There is no way you can go. It's not like going to Walmart behind a pound of hamburger meat. Okay. You got to put the time in to get the reward. So if you're going out hunting, Good luck. I want to see you get it. Kudos to you. Also, if you listen to my podcast, uh, if you're interested in hunting, look up the Wired to Hunt podcast. They do a really good job. They got some good shows. And, of course, Mark Levin. I can't recommend him enough. So, that's where we're at. The rut is on. The deer are moving. They're getting stupid. By God, they're, they're going to be like Pokemon. Let's go out and get them all. You know, there's things in this world that aggravate me to no end. Um, I talk about ferro rods, waterproof matches, carrying big lighters, Zippo lighters, magnifying glasses. Uh, then, of course, there's multiple ways to clean your water, make your bedding areas, whatever it is you need to do. And then, of course, there's some guys... Who will tell you, you're not an actual deer hunter if you don't walk seven miles one way uphill in the rain, in the snow, 115 degree temperatures to get to where you're going to go kill your deer. Now, look, I park my car, my truck, I don't drive a car. I park my truck not quite a quarter of a mile from where I hunt. True story. And that's round trip. Okay, and I do pretty darn good. Do you have to make it hard on yourself? No. Do I carry a ferro rod? Yes, I do. Do I know how to use it? Yes, I do. If you don't know how to use it, use modern stuff. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first one to tell you, you do not have to get out there with two sticks rubbing together to make fire. That don't make you a man or a woman. <coughs> um doesn't prove anything okay what i want to know and this is what i tell people who ask me for advice if you can build a fire to cook on and keep you yourself your family your children warm you're doing good that's that's the goal that's what we have to do um i don't care how you built that fire okay If you want to carry around a gallon of diesel and put a little diesel fuel on a couple logs, set the diesel on fire and let that light the wood, fine, do it. You want to 
Put some propane, get a propane torch and carry that around. Then do it. Weight's an issue. If you can handle that, by all means, go right on ahead. I'll carry 10, 15, 20 big lighters. My ferro rod, it only weighs a couple ounces. And it's down at the bottom of my pack. I know how to use it. I pull it out. I play with it every now and then. I still light fires with it. But is that my primary source? Not until it has to be. That thing uses a lot of energy, okay? And look, you're going to be burning calories like nobody's business in a survival situation. Anything you can do to help yourself, you're going to be better off in the end. Food. Do I need to go out and hunt with a spear? No. Why? I got my rifle, and I do pretty darn good with it. So, I'm going to take my rifle. I'm going to fire a shot, put the animal down. I'm going to cook the animal. I'm going to use my big lighter, so long as they still got fluid, to light the fire. And, boom, I'm done. Uh, my downtime. What am I going to do? I'm going to get on my phone. I got a solar panel for my battery charger that I have. Uh, I'm going to put it out in the sun, let it charge up charge my battery on my phone when it goes dead let the other battery charge back up look use technology use what we have does that mean depend on the internet for all your information no it does not don't do that that's bad get out practice use your equipment know what you have and get the stuff that works for you okay if that's big lighters use them if you are super excellent proficient with flint and steel, cool, good for you. Just carry that then out. It's entirely up to you, just so long as you're able to do the things that need to be done. That's the thing that's important. I can go out and build a shelter in just a couple hours out of what's already in the woods, okay? And I'm actually pretty good at it, so I don't carry a tent. And... In a true, honest-to-goodness survival situation, if they come right down to it, I can always sleep in my truck or in the car. Um, I have my truck's a four-door version. My wife's got a four-door car. We can lay the seats back. Ain't the most comfortable place, but it's not that bad. And when you're tired, you're tired. That's just all there is to it. If I have to bug out, I can sleep in the vehicles. Uh if I get out in the woods, I know I need to stop and build shelter. I also know where to build my shelter at. So I have a ways to handle that right there, and I'm proficient at it. That's the reason I personally don't carry that, but I do carry a tarp. My tarp is not that big. It's a 8 by 8 or is it 6 by 8 One of the two. Anyway, it's big enough to put up a quick A-frame. And I got rope in my pack. I tie it between two trees, put it out, find some sticks, use some stakes, boom. That right there, I'm ready to throw a bedroll out. I'm good to go. Okay? And if it's raining, I know where to sleep on top of that too. And if you don't, I'll tell you right now, find you a rocky ridge. And if you can't find your rocky ridge up underneath a natural, natural bluff, then look for pines and cedars if you're not allergic to those. They actually keep the inside pretty dry. It's actually it's actually very nice. You can build a small fire inside them, depending on where the limbs are at and everything else. But those trees are also extremely flammable, so be careful on that. You don't want to start a large forest fire. But 
know what you're doing, know what you're dealing with. Use modern equipment if you can. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? And don't let somebody put you down, okay? That's just absolutely asinine. You tell somebody, you do you, I'll do me, and we can get along. Otherwise, get out of my life. Not that hard to understand. So, there it is. All right. Y'all take it easy. Stay safe. Stay alive. And keep it legal. If you're going to get out deer hunting, by God, do it. Have fun. That's 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 the big thing there. Have fun. Okay? So, y'all just take it easy. <laughs>